0: That's the system that God created to deliver his power and glory to you. It's called praise and worship. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez, the pastor of the Church in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Subscribe to Can I Get an Amen at www.canigetanamen.podbean.com. Again, I get an that's www.canigetanamen.podbean.com. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Can I Get an Amen? Amen. I'm Bishop Person Gonzalez and I'm your very humble host, so glad that you tuned in once again. Our podcast is going to be on iTunes and Spotify in the very near future. Um, So I appreciate everybody making the effort to listen to us now on podbean.com. They have a lot of, um, they have a wonderful selection of podcasts that you might want to peruse and browse through. I know that I've found a few that I'm listening to myself. I would love it if you could write to me or send me a message. Uh, The easiest way is probably emailing me. Um, Email me at my personal email, bhg at vida.church. That's V-I-D-A dot church. And you can also send me a message right here on can I get an amen Amen. at podbean.com. And please don't forget to subscribe. Let's get into today's topic. When I go for my walks, I love uh, Audible. Uh, I listen and read uh, many of the books that I'm reading. I, I do it with Audible. And I just finished Francis Chan's book called Letters to the Church. And I recommend that uh, book to pastors specifically. I mean, anyone can read it, but uh, it is a great book for pastors. Uh, But I'm going to warn you, it goes against the grain and um, it challenges uh, a a lot of the way we do church today. Um, I believe that it's helping me find a very healthy um, balance between, uh, in my own heart, what we call the attractional church, and what what uh, others would call the biblical model, not that the attractional church isn't biblical, but but the biblical model model refers more to the Acts chapter two model and style of doing church. Now those two things are not mutually exclusive. I think that you can have both, but it takes some work and some thinking and some praying and a whole lot of leading of the Holy Spirit. I felt the need um, to preach. A sermon on praise and worship uh, that came out of all of that. I, for a few years, I've been struggling um, with with what I'm feeling good about and uncomfortable with regarding modern worship. At Vita Church, there are a lot of people that didn't grow up in church, and um, they're making every effort to join in on worship and praise. I think they're 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 trying, but but what I see is that they're they're parroting and mimicking praise and worship without really knowing uh, what they're doing. And that makes for an interesting worship experience because I have a whole other group of people who know how to praise and worship God. The presence of God isn't new to them. They yearn to, to fill his throne with his praises and, and they've, they've, they've grown to love the move of God that is a byproduct of when we worship him. And even those folks that, that are familiar to the presence of God and worship, uh, after this sermon, they were able to come up to me and say thank you, Bishop, uh, for, for making it clear, reminding us, uh, and showing us a, ting, a thing or two that we'd never heard before. Now, the state of modern worship is both amazing and a little bit troublesome to me. It's great because of the sheer talent and professionalism that's out there. And as a music lover, man, I listen to um, any modern worship team and there is no distinguishable difference between, uh, you know, the worldly and the, the the Christian as far as quality. And that's a big jump that we've made. We've really, it used to be there was a difference, but now, man, the quality of Christian artists and praise and worship uh, uh, is, is, you know, I would argue in some cases even better. Um, so I love it. But it's not just that. It's not just that the music sounds better some modern worship songs have helped me reach places in god and in myself that i've never been able to reach before and for that i am i am truly grateful i'm glad to be alive during this time for such a time as this to be a part of this great move of of, of modern worship but i am concerned that modern worship is doing these these few things that i'm that i'm concerned about and one of the things is that it seems like musicians especially value quality over the presence of God. They, they look for the best singers, and there's nothing wrong with that. God deserves the best. But sometimes it comes at a cost, and the cost is that, that you don't feel the presence of God. You can feel happy. You can feel good. There's something that's naturally going to happen when you listen to worship and praise and that music but there's there's there seems to be an all-around absence of presence of God in a lot of places and that concerns me another thing that concerns me is that some of these songs are often too hard to sing I, I've sung for a lot of years but some of these songs the range on them are so 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 drastic I mean you're starting low and ending high and 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 I can't sing those those songs and 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 the melodies are complicated and I can't believe I'm gonna say this I feel like I'm uh, I've, I'm old now but but it's too loud <laughs> it's too turn it down it's too loud for the average person to sing along with it, you know they can't hear themselves sing and 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 they can't sing the complicated you know uh acrobatic vocal things that you have to do to to sing a modern worship song and uh, and that's that's kind of difficult and 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 i and I don't want to make a whole long list of complaints, but here's another one <laughs> the lyrics they focus so much on us and our emotions and i know that praise is thanking god for what he's done for me and for us and i and i appreciate all of that but boy it does feel like so much of it is what you've done for me and i thank you uh, you know and and how it affects me and, and i'm happier and i'm glad and and all of that is true and all of that is authentic praise we we thank god for that but but i miss the praise that is strictly about giving him glory and honor and lifting him up that seems to be um, uh, less in the rotation than the other stuff, um, you know, and 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 sadly, uh, many worship experiences have done away with with congregational singing altogether, and I think that that's the part that God loves the most, when 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 the music and the stars on the stage are the focus. Uh, You know, people come and, and they are part of the worship experience, but they don't become the worshipers. And, and I'd like to see more congregational singing come back. Um, as I was uh, going along and around different churches during my sabbatical last year, uh, I was able to witness a lot of this and it, and, it, and it stayed with me. Now, I'm not here to beat up on worshipers and worship leaders or musicians and sound people. I, I'm, I still consider myself one of you. I love what you do and I honor you. I praise God for you. But, but think about it. Think about, about, about those four things that I mentioned and, and listen to this sermon Um, The people of God praise and worship. My goal was to teach the unchurched and the new to church, uh, that crowd, the very basic meaning of those two words, praise and worship, and how they relate to, how they connect with worship. In, I'm sorry, music, in such an amazing, unique, and divine way. Now, um, this sermon, my guys in the studio, uh, in the sound area, they left an echo. In, and so I hope the echo doesn't drive you crazy. Uh, there's a little bit of echo while I'm preaching. But let's go. Let's go to the altar of V. That Church for this episode's word. Three. There was a man by the name of Neil Martin, a member of British Parliament. Uh, he was once giving a, a group of his constituents a tour of the House of Parliament. And during his tour, during the course of his, 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 the visit, the group happened to meet one of the high lords, Lord Hailsham. Uh, he's the Lord Chancellor. So he was dressed in all of the regalia of his office. He was dressed up like a king. And so when, when, when the Lord Chancellor saw Neil Martin coming with all of those people. He looks at Neil and he goes, Neil! And, and all the people that were with him just bowed down. Because they didn't want to, you know, disrespect the order. They thought it was a command and he was just calling Neil. I say that story because I think that that's the reaction to worship that a lot of Christians have. When they come to church, people say praise him. And we, and we praise and people say, kneel, and we kneel. Amen. Um, I want us to, to, to look at what worship is this morning. And, and let's start off with this question. Why does God love praise and worship? Is God so vain that he had to create millions upon millions of people that would praise him so that his self-worth would be high? I mean think about it in human terms if we find someone that demands praise or wants or desires praise we call them a megalomaniac someone who's drunk on his own power and and so so the critics of god the critics of religion will say well what kind of a god needs his creation to worship and praise him he's just vain and, and for, some, for that reason some people are turned off by a God that, that requires praise and requires worship but, but is God really that vain did he really make billions and billions of people just to glorify him and praise and worship him is the universe all about God creating a vast crowd of uh, psychophantic uh, uh, groupies I don't think so I don't think that that's what God wants. I don't think that that's why God created us. I don't think God... God is self-sustaining. God knows his glory. There's a host of angels that remind him of how great and holy he is. The Bible says that there are angels that that stand before him and they cry out, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord. Amen. So he doesn't need us. He didn't create us because he needs to be adored. His very presence... Demands it. It's, it's it's who he is. When you try to get when you get to know who God is, praise is automatic. <clears throat> Here's a short version of the answer of uh, to answer that question: Is God vain? Is God is God drunk on power? Does he need us to worship him? God wants our love, worship, and praise. Not because God needs anything from us. But because when we focus our hearts and minds on God instead of ourselves, we open ourselves up to new love, the light, and the power of God. Amen. When we worship, we expose ourselves to his glory. God wants you to worship him because he loves you. God wants you to praise Him because when you do that, you're opening up yourself to the glory of God. Amen. As I praise Him, something happens to me. Somebody experienced that this morning. You came in here worried and troubled. You came in here bogged down by pain and trouble and trials. Once you started worshiping God, you forgot about all that stuff. And you receive something while you praise. It's called power. It's called love. It's called grace. And that's how God, that's the system that God created to deliver his power and glory to you. It's called praise and worship. In other words, God wants our love. God wants our worship. And he wants our praise so that he can more fully love us. It's not to prop him up. It's to, it's to place you in that, in that place where he can bless you. God wants us to fully love us. He wants to enlighten us. He, he, and, and he wants to help us as we travel along this dark and sometimes very troublesome pathway of life. I, for one, can't exist. I really can't go too long without praising God. Why? Because, because I feel empty. I feel like it's my connection to his power. So let's talk about what praise is this morning. I mean, I know that there's a bunch of people that, that didn't grow up in church and, and you come and, and, and you're doing what we're doing. Like when the guy said, kneel, everybody kneeled. You're doing all that. But let's really understand what praise and worship is this morning. Let's go into it a little bit. This is, is, is a word that the church has kind of taken over. But praise doesn't belong to the church. You can praise anything, anyone. Praise is something that you do probably every day and you don't even know it. The simplest and easiest definition of the word praise is simply this. Letting someone else know they're doing a good job. That's a simple definition of the word praise. When I tell you you're doing a great job, I'm praising you. Right? That's it. That's all praise is. Saying that someone is doing something good. I am lifting you up. I'm praising you because you're doing something well. It's that simple to do. Watch. I'm going to show you. Hey, Pastor Val and worship team. You guys did a great job in worship today. I just praised them. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> I praised them. <laughs> That's praise. Praise I can, I can even do it without saying a word. Watch this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Say no thanks. Then, yeah. We just praised them. Didn't even mean it. No, 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 no. You didn't intend to. Is what I mean. Sit down, sit down now. You're doing a great job. Make sure I don't look blurry in the camera. Thank you. I can even do it without hey, go to Jonathan's camera. Uh, Jonathan, stand up, come over here. I can I can do it without even without even saying a word. Watch this. I just praised him. I just praised him. I know it. He knows it, and you know it. I praise them. That's what I call the Fonz praise. That's, praise. That's praise. That's praise. And let me tell you something. Because I did it publicly, and because I did it with my words, because I did it with my hands, because I just went like this, everybody knew I did it. Praise is not praise if people don't know it's praise. Amen? There's a lot of people that want to know God in their own way and they want to serve God in their own way. And, and, and yes, every relationship with God is individual. I'll give you that to a point. But every once in a while, I see people at church today and other Sundays that they'll come and, 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 and they don't sing. They fold their hands. They don't clap. They sit there, arms folded, While people are going crazy, and and, and Pastor Rebecca's on her knees, and people running around, and and everybody's... They're sitting there like this, and and in their mind, they're going, I'm praising God my own way. Mm, I mean, I mean, no. Because if I can't tell you're praising, and the person that you're praising can't tell you're praising, it's not Praise. There's no such thing as, as, I mean, really silent praise. The whole purpose of praise is to let them know that they're doing well. When when I go to a, a restaurant and I get exceptional service, and I don't do it for ordinary service, I don't do it for good service, I do it for exceptional service. When someone I feel is taking extra care of me, that before my drink is over, there's already a new drink there. If they notice that my fork fell while I was eating, they just come with a new fork. And they just kind of, they know it, they're looking to see, and, and, and every now and again we'll get a waiter that's so good that the Valerie will order her food, and, and, and sometimes Valerie has a face when she's eating something she don't like. They'll come over and they'll say, is, is that not okay? They're so attentive. You know what I do with that, those people? I praise them. I don't just praise, I don't just say, well done. I do. I say, you did a great job. But I, I, I show it in my tip. I I go more than 20% when someone does a great job. But then before I leave, I say, who's your manager? And then I want to make sure that the manager knows that this person gave me exceptional service. I want to praise that person. And I want everyone in the room to know that that person did a great job. That's just the way I praise. That's what praise is. Amen? You can't really say to someone, you did a great job and not leave a tip. So what we do when we come together is we praise God together. If I can't tell you're doing it, you're probably not doing it. Woo! All the people in the back said, was he looking at me? (laughs) Careful now. I saw some of you back people. You were worshiping hard today. I saw you. I saw you what we're doing is we're praising the name of God together. We're lifting his name up. We are, we are together declaring that he is in fact good and that he is worthy of our praise. That's praise. We let God know that we understand how amazing he is. Even if we don't understand the full extent of his greatness, together we declare when we worship and praise together, God is good. Amen. There's so many scriptures that show different ways to praise. I'm not going to get into all those scriptures, but, but, but there's clapping, there's shouting, there's dancing, there's kneeling. There's all sorts of different ways in the Bible uh, that, that, that we can acknowledge God and let him know how great we think he is. If, you have, if, you have a, if you're having a hard time praising him, you're having a hard time seeing him. You're having a hard time noticing the great things he does amen when you look into praise the word you'll notice that that a lot of verses mention praise but then they also mention music I'm gonna get into that in a few minutes but keep that with you praise is often connected to music now I want to talk about the word worship Praise is, is, you're doing an amazing job, God. You're doing things in my life that I couldn't ever do myself. You're opening doors that I couldn't open for myself. You're doing so much. And And then the real powerful praise really comes from what he's already done. Thank you, God, for sending your son Jesus on the cross. Thank you, God, that I don't have to know what it feels like to walk in shame. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I am forgiven. I praise you, God. And if you never did a single thing from here on, you've already done enough by sending Jesus and giving me salvation that I will praise you for the rest of my days. Amen? that's, That's praise, but worship is different. Worship is not praise, and praise is not worship. But you can do them both at the same time. But it's not the same thing. Where praise is telling someone you're good. Where praise is is telling someone how much you, you appreciate them. Worship is complete and utter devotion to something or someone. Worship is total adoration. Worship is adoring someone. Or something. Worship is making that thing your world. I worship you means that you are my everything. If you look at the word that is used for worship in the Bible, you can find it in Hebrew in the Old Testament or Greek in the New Testament. The words they use for worship come from the same meaning. They mean either bowing in some form, means bowing down. It's a form of worship. You are greater than me. I bow before you. I acknowledge you. I lift you up by, by putting myself low, putting myself down. I bend over. I kneel. Some people lie down flat on their face. Psalm 95, verses 6 and 7. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let's get that up on the screen. I think it's up there. Come, let us Yeah, let's read it together. Come, let us worship him and bow down. Let's kneel down before the Lord who made us because he is our God and we are the people he takes care of and the sheep that he tends. Worship. Think of it like a night. In the days of yore, the kings would take these Noble men, these knights, and he'd swear them, uh, they swear them in, and they would swear to protect and fight for the king. Before they would be knighted, they would take an oath. This is worship, my brothers and sisters. They would take an oath. They would kneel in front of the, the king and swear an allegiance. They would, both with sword and with physical movement, by bowing before the king. This is what they would say. My life is no longer my own. It is yours. Wow. All I do will be to serve you. All I think about, everything I live for, everything I train for from now on is for you. That's what the process of being knighted meant. That's what the knight was saying. I buy down. And they say, I offer you my sword, my service, my skills, my very life. That's worship. That's worship. Giving yourself, giving yourself up to something or to someone else. And like praise, it doesn't need to be to God. A lot of people in this room are worshiping other things. Your kids were not given to you so that you could worship them. Your kids were given to you so that you could raise them, not worship them, not lift them up into the place of God. Amen. Your children were given to you so that you could instruct them, not worship them. Your job, your money, your, your position, your spouse. Amen. It's not meant to worship. As a matter of fact, God is the only true thing that's worthy of being worshiped on the earth. Amen. I, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. But I bow to Jesus. I love my country, but I love God more. I love my wife, I love God more. I love my children, I love God more. I love this church, but I love God more. I worship only Him. Amen. So when when it comes to praise and worship, these are the two things that we can do together as a church. Praise and worship is something that, that is unique to the church. The people of God are the only people on the earth that truly get to praise and worship God. Other people can sing. Other people can write poems. And they can sound spiritual. But if you're not serving God, it's not true worship. Jesus said, the day is coming and it's coming soon when true worshipers, not people that know my name and call it, that's not worship, but true worshipers, man, and I believe that day is coming and it's coming right now. So you can sing a song using words of praise, using music like the psalmist mentioned, but the words you give up, what you say to God can, can, can be those words of worship and praise There's an old song. Uh, I I don't know. Do you have the lyrics to Great Is Thy Faithfulness up there? Yeah. If you know this with me, sing, sing this with me. It says, Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning New mercies I see all I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Yeah. Another song that that really speaks worship to me is, is, Here I am to worship, here I am to bow. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Amen. Amen. When you start to sing those songs, and as we start to sing those songs together, we praise and we worship God Together. And that's what that's what modern worship is all about. Amen. then there's another great song, I mean, that, that to me is a great praise song. It doesn't have to be fast to be a praise song. This is a great praise song. It says, How great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see. How great, how great is our God. Now somebody put a praise behind that. Somebody put a praise behind that. Amen. And so when we come together as a church and we tell them, God, you are great, you're doing amazing things, you have done great things, and then we come together and say, Lord, we give ourselves away to you, we worship you, you are our all, you are our everything. That's what the, the practice of coming to church Sunday after Sunday is really intended to do. After that, you receive a sermon that that lifts you up, that inspires you, that instructs you. But really, really, you came to church to be reminded of your devotion to God. Sometimes we lose sight of how great he is. So when we come to church and we sing these praise songs, you are reminded of the greatness of God. And you walk out of here saying, man, I praise a living God. Man, my God is awesome. He cares for me. And if he cares for a sparrow, he's also going to care for me. So we walk out of here charged up because our praise has realigned our sight with our biblical knowledge. But then we don't leave it there. We acknowledge how great he is. But then we bow before him and we tell him, God, I worship you. I belong to you. My sword is yours. In other words, my effort is yours. My work is yours. My my skill is yours everything that I am, it belongs to you. That's the only way to serve God, my friends. Everybody knows the verse in in Scripture where God is talking about the lukewarm. People that go through the motions. The people that come to church because they think it's a good idea. Those people, my friends, the Bible is real clear about what God does with them. It's not nice. (laughs) It's he, he. the Bible says that he vomits them he, he can't stand them it turns his stomach to have people go through the motions this is what you're doing here today is all consuming serving God is not a Sunday thing from 10 to 1130 this should overtake you that's what worship is and so in, 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 in that context, every time we praise, everyone in the room comes to realize, man, God is awesome. He is great. He's done great things. He is worthy of praise, and he's worthy of my adoration. And then when we worship him, we're telling him, okay, God, all right, I started to take control of my life again. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to back off. I'm going to let you do it. I know you know better than me. I trust you with my life. Amen. And then then we do all of that. We take all of those words and then we put it to music. Why music? Because music is powerful. For one thing, music crosses any language. As a matter of fact, music is its own language. And I don't don't say that metaphorically. I say it quite literally. And I can put some dots on paper and send it to some eight-year-old in Bangladesh and she'll be able to take her instrument and make the exact sounds that I wrote down. It's a language, my brothers, my sisters. Music is a language. It's more, and, and it has the power to make you feel happy. Anybody just feeling down and you hear a song and all of a sudden, man, that, that, that changed my mood. Music has that power, but it also has the power to make you sad. Music has that power. And so when we combine the power of praise and then the power of of worship and then we combine it to this, this powerful other language called music that God gave us, now we're doing something special. Now we're doing something that God adores, something that he loves, something that calls his attention and it brings his eye to set on us. Amen. And so with music, with the words of worship and praise, it begins to transcend language. It begins to transcend. Music is also one of the biggest evokers of memories. You ever hear an old song when you were in high school? Oh, all my 30 and over people. Anybody that's almost 50, whenever you hear Chicago, woo! you feel stuff. You don't just hear music, you feel it. They bring you to memories. There's some songs. There's some journey songs. Ooh, I got a better praise out of some of y'all that with, with journey than. <laughs> but I mean, when I listen, when I listen to that music, it's not just a feeling. It's a memory that comes up. I remember where I was when I was listening to that. And because, because I've been in music for so long, I've had people that tell me, every time I hear, ¿Dónde tú estás? They'll tell me, I remember where I was, where I first heard it. That song that I sang became a memory to them. And so sometimes, when we're worshiping and we're singing a song, it's not just what I'm saying to God. It's not just what I'm feeling about God. It's a memory about something God did time I sang something, where I received a breakthrough. It's a memory also that comes. Man, one of the reasons we sing and we praise and we worship songs together is so that we can be all on the same page. Look, guys, we're not always going ha- to have a picnic every week. Listen, if we're doing it right, every time we come together and we worship and we praise, we're creating a memory. We're doing something together that brings us together, that brings us close. That's why you can say with sheer confidence and not feel like a liar or a hypocrite to someone that you know at church, and you only know them at church. You don't know them outside of church, but you know them. You can say, Man, I love you. Why? Because there's something that brings us together every week it's worship and praise. And because we're doing it to the same God, it brings us together, it makes us part of one body. We are one and we lift up a voice in the song. Thanks for listening to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez. You can subscribe to our podcast at www.canigetanamen.podbean.com or wherever you're listening. We'll see you next time.